thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower, 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 a ministry of Fellowship Baptist located under the city water, Tower, 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 on Mormon Mill Road in beautiful Marble Falls, Texas. We don't just love the Bible, we love talking about the Bible and talking about how the Bible informs our life in this world. Recording here in the sanctuary of Fellowship Baptist are Joni Wallach, Mr. Graham, Daryl Fishbeck, and I'm Jamie, Jamie Greening. Uh, we're glad to be here. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. Um, but first, we have to unpack last week. Misty, you were not with us. You were with those grandchildren. I was. Was it, I was. Was it, was it worth it to ditch us all? Hey, and, and just for record, I did hear what you guys were talking about. We weren't. So you're the one trying to hide some. it. <laughs> no, it was fun. We had a great time. We were very tired by the time the girls left. But you know we're not used to having a seven- and eight-year-old. Well, you are getting older, too, so that's... <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you, Daryl. But that's true. So, but we had fun. We had fun. We did lots of things. And, of course, we couldn't really get out and about too much because mm. everything's closed down. But we were able to, to get out a little bit. And we planned things at home, which they loved. So, it was good. Um, it was good. Do you... When they, when they leave, do you miss them a whole lot or are you glad they're yes. gone? Yes. Well, it's twofold. You know, at, at, towards the end of the week, I'm thinking... Greg and I are looking at each other like... Okay, and then, you know, on the ride home, that's a four-hour ride home. Did you have to take them home? We took them home, oh, yeah. Right. And then on the way back, it was just quiet, which, you know, you're kind of coming down. But then you get home, and it's just like, oh, it's just silence. And so at first, they crawled under a tree like Elijah and collapsed and waited for an <laughs> angel to bring them some bread yes. and water. After we yes. regained our energy and strength, it was like this, you know. So I know the route you drove. Did you stop and get Dairy Queen and sugar them all up? Because isn't that, isn't that, that's, that's in the grandparents' handbook is yes. to sugar them all oh, up. Oh, yeah. Drop them ice off cream. Joni had mentioned ice, with your grandkids, they can eat ice cream for supper. And that little one, she pretty much ate a whole carton of ice cream by herself within the, the days that she was there. Wow. She wanted Sounds it like every day for every meal, after every snacks. meal. And I was like, sure. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Party. Yeah. Why not? So, You're at Mimi's house. That's right. It was fun. Grandkids. Did you see your grandkids over the 4th, Daryl? No. I didn't did no, no I, I was trying to think well, holidays father's day and the fourth kind of blurred together there for a second so i was like when did it i see them last i pledge allegiance uh, to the father <laughs> my mom made um chicken and dressing um green beans and corn it was an incredible did meal she know last it wasn't night. thanksgiving i know that's what i was saying it was an incredible meal but i, I texted the girls and said hold on i think i need your christmas list i'm not sure what month it is i was confused it's so. 112 degrees she took out. christmas in july seriously <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I missed that invite. I bet that was good. We've got leftovers, so. Um, Brian, you should have brought them. That was last night. No, that's tonight's dinner. Ooh. That was last night. Yeah. So wow. The best sandwich in the whole world is the chicken and dressing sandwich, right? So mm. you take the piece of bread or like a, a, a roll, and then you put some Miracle Whip on it, and then you put the chicken and dressing on well, you it. You know what? Yeah, well, dressing is bread, so you're having bread on bread. Absolutely. <laughs> you say that like it's a bad like idea. A Friends episode where Joey or someone makes the perfect oh, Thanksgiving right. sandwich, sandwich or something. Yeah. But then you put the turkey on top, and then you put gravy on top of the turkey, and then you take the cranberries, right? The the jelly, oh, yeah, gonna be jelly cranberries on top oh of that. Goodness. Lots of pepper and lots of salt. Other piece of bread and smash it you together. You better have some tums. It's that, that that's Friday after that's that's Friday every I, that and a half a. So to all our listeners, we apologize for making you one hungry and. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Joni brought snacks today from the local coffee she shop. She did. We got the hookup. Uh, I got granola. It's it's good granola. Yes. And Joni has food. What coffee do you drink? I it's just an iced coffee. It's really boring, but it's delicious. No, don't don't. I mean, don't there's salted just. caramel in there, so See? but it is. So delicious. it's not just mm. an iced coffee. No, it is You're not. right. It's a caramel latte. I had a muffin top, which I did not even know they had a muffin. Top. I, I thought those were bad. No, it's like Apparently a. Throw. I have a muffin top, and my jeans are too tight. <laughs> but. I'm about. I have a Corona muffin top. <laughs> <laughs> How do you mean that? Is that, a, is that a beer belly? No, like, yeah, I ate too much during um, quarantine, mm. so. When you said Corona, corona. I thought Like they said, else. the freshman 15 oh, yeah, for no. college students, okay. we're going to have like the college 30, I mean the Corona 35 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I've heard that though that sit-ups can take care of your muffin top. 
Well, uh, I wouldn't I think know it that. takes okay. a little bit more than just sit-ups. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to keep eating my granola. Not eating the things we've well, been I, eating this morning. Well, I finished my granola. Who wants to read the text, Daryl? I think Misty does since she wasn't here last week. I'll read it. I'm good That's with a that. good plan. Misty, Grandma. Yay! Grandma. <laughs> she doesn't look like a grandma. It's totally a Thank Mimi. You. Thank you, Johnny. So we're Colossians 1, <clears throat> 24 through 29. We broke it down this week. It's not as big as the others. I want to slow, slow the pace down. Missy, would you read those for us? Yes, I would love to. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggle with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Mm. So, there's a... A change in focus. Uh, the first 23 verses of this chapter, it's been high theological. I mean, it's, you know, powers and principalities and Christ is the head and he is supreme and all that. I pray, I give thanksgiving. But now he starts off with what can only feel like his personal ministry experience, uh, ministry in general. Um, is it your experience that toil, sufferings <laughs> uh, are a part of the experience of being a Christ follower? Would you agree with Paul? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What hurts the most? Where do we start? <laughs> the, the thought I had about, you know, so one of the definitions I really like of suffering is um, suffering is whenever we're not in control. And then what that makes me think about is, um, you know, a lot of times suffering comes and the, you referenced it um, in your sermon Sunday, I think, uh, Paul and the thorn in his flesh. You know, our first instinct is we want suffering to go away. But suffering in a lot of times has, has a benefit or has benefits. Um, it can indicate something's wrong. Um, it can remind us we're not in control. There's a, there's a lot of things that, that suffering can accomplish that can produce growth. And so from just a generic sense, um, suffering can be health, healthy, um, I guess, as long as it's not leads to death. But, I mean, and then I guess you are ultimately <laughs> healed then. So. Death is the <laughs> ultimate definition of unhealthy. Um, but I, my first thought that came to mind about suffering was was how we respond to it. I think there's Paul is saying here, you know, it's a part of the it's a part of the journey. It's a part of being a Christ follower, and depending on who you listen to or what televangelists you turn on or whatever, suffering is an enemy that if you have enough faith and if you pray hard enough and you do the right thing, you should never suffer. You know, you'll have health, wealth, and prosperity. Um, and it, those are the two contrasting views. I think even within. Christianity that seemed to pop up right. um, that yeah. I think when you say the word suffering create a dissonance already. Mm-hmm. Um, dissonance. Ooh, that's a big that's word. A good word. Thank you. That's a I'm good proud word. of it. Have you been reading again? <laughs> I, yes, I have been. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> well, and I feel like, you know, Paul, he's still encouraging the people. You know, he's still um, proclaiming, you know, what he came to proclaim, but he's doing it almost from a different perspective. And because if you'll remember, you know, at the beginning, he's almost pleading with these people that are fixing to go back into their pagan ways. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, uh, it's almost from a point of desperation, like, please don't forget what God's done for you. And, and, and we have this hope and we have this, you know, the love of Christ in us. And, and I thought about that. And to me, it's like you see somebody fixing to do something horrible, jump off of a bridge. And you are the one having to talk them out of that, but you have to do it in a letter. And how are you going to do that in your words? 
Don't jump. Don't jump. Please don't. <laughs> Here are the reasons why. You know, da 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 da. But that's the, the type of desperation. So, so now, like you said, he kind of kind of shifts that. He does I shift. think right. from you should don't forget all these things, but you know, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going through. Look at it from my point of view. You know, mm-hmm. and like Daryl said, it's it's the suffering that goes right along with with what makes us who we are. So. Um, and I, yeah, that was great thoughts. And I was thinking also, like, how verse 11 was, he was, like, being strengthened with all the power and according to his glorious might. And then he, like, changes it to suffering. And I'm mm-hmm. like, um, and I just think how necessary the suffering is. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't like going through those trials. But um, like James, we talked about last week, talked about count it as joy when we go through those trials. Like, we don't like it. But um it's through those trials or through those times that you remember sure, absolutely. You know, who so God is. He, he's, I like where you both of you are kind of coming from this. So he's, he's definitely not soft selling what ministry's like. Right. Mm-hmm. If you were going to lead, I, I really want you to be in the ministry. I think that you make a good ministry. I, th- I think, in fact, you know, uh, you would do great stuff. It's going to hurt. It's not for the weak. <laughs> that's, not how you, that's not how you sell a car, right? No. You say, this, you're going to look amazing in this. Yes. It's going to be great. You don't tell them if the transmission is going to blow off in three right. years. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about the, the good stuff. So it's kind of a, a hard sell he's given. Right. Um, you ever wonder, you ever wish someone would have given you the hard sell before you signed up? Would it have mattered? I mean, you know, just like having kids. How, how if anybody this? would tell you kids do this and this, well, I mean, would it have changed your mind? No. How about this? Whenever someone comes to me and says, I think God's calling me to ministry. Well, first of all, I'll often come back. And for all of you listening, ministry is not just vocational. Every, I believe everybody has yes. a kind of ministry. So I give them that talk. I say, well, what do you mean? Do you mean something specific in your church or do you mean vocational? What do you mean? Oh, I, I want to I preach or I want to be a, a youth minister. Or I wanna, I, then I, I begin the process of trying to talk them out of it. <laughs> Uh, I'll do whatever I can to talk them out of it. I will tell them how you know, you're going to be poor and your complexion is going to turn bad and people will say mean things about you. Did I mention you'd be poor and you're going to have And problems. now you have to wear a mask. You're addicted so to coffee. You have to wear a mask. Really gonna be there's bad. ulcers. I mean, there's just, it's just awful. It's terrible. No one understands what you got. People will make fun of you. Uh, you'll become a cliché. Pop culture, well, you know, just the, you know, all all the stuff. Do whatever I can to talk them out of it. Uh, because if I can talk them out of it, they weren't called. They, weren't called. Mm-hmm. they got no business doing it. Yep. Uh, if they really are, then there's nothing I can say that's going to sway them. Right. Uh, so I thought that was just the talk you gave me. I don't remember <laughs> that talk. I don't. I didn't get that talk. Obviously. Getting it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Misty, <laughs> pay close attention to this podcast. So he moves from the suffering stuff. Um, he, he gets there from all the theological stuff, and I think it's an interesting that what helps from a, a logical flow is theology informs our practical ministry. Yes. Um, so if you have bad theology, you're going to get ministry wrong. I'm thinking about the. You mentioned the TV preachers, uh, cursed be their name, <laughs> that will preach a kind of theology that says if you're suffering, then you don't have enough faith. Um, that theology is going to affect the way you do ministry because you're not going to have the empathy and the compassion necessary. Or the opposite of that. You have to suffer in order to have enough faith. Well, you know, and There's the other side of that, too. And the, to piggyback on that, the thought that I had had to do with, I know, have known people in ministry who will talk about how much they've suffered. And when I look at what they're suffering or why they're suffering, a lot of times it's just because they're not a nice person. They think I'm speaking the truth. Oh, they're choosing. They're choosing I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. choosing things. To God told person. me to do this or, yes. um, well, I told that person the truth and they just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think it's you just were mean and yeah. they responded to your meanness. I am, who I am. And, that just and makes me crazy. you're not seeing it for yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so, that, yeah, there's a lot of different angles we could spin this diamond and look at. Uh, well, that's... <laughs> 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 so, so... 
There's an asterisk by this. <laughs> Suffering Sorry, can be self-inflicted. <laughs> if so, no mean reward person. for that. Yeah, mean person asterisk. It's the footnote that Paul didn't put. Well, and, and to go on there, you're talking about the theology. I think so often we treat other people, one, the way we treat ourselves or the way we think God treats us. And so if we're struggling to think that God has these high standards and I'm constantly not good enough, um, I did, um, I have experienced firsthand, watched someone take out on others a very sternness about, well, as your quiet time, your prayer life, or you live in just this holy, holy life and was really hardcore on these teenagers. And it actually, I found out later, it was in response to some guilt they had of some stuff where they were falling mm -hmm. short in their life and they were projecting it onto others. Yeah. And, and so if your theology is, is one way or the other, it's going to come out in, in how you... Yep, I would agree with that. And if you have some not good theology, you're going to have some sure. not good treatment of people, ministry. That's, that's true. Um, I'm thinking about that not good theology and treatment of ministry. I'm thinking about what you were saying earlier, Misty, with... Um, if you haven't suffered or you have to suffer to be able to be a, a, a good minister, mm -hmm. I think the conditional clause you use of if is interesting because I think everyone suffers. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's the best definition I have of what it means to be a human being mm -hmm. is to be uh, one who is made in the image of God. And because of that, we have an acute awareness of our suffering. Mm -hmm. Just some people mask it and hide it and deny it. And they try and cover over it with what I would call very poor theology. Mm -hmm. It's the smile Jesus loves you. Yes. Right. How dare you be in a bad mood? Right. Because you're you know, it's yeah. that that over positivity. I mean, I'm, I believe in being positive, just not on Monday. Um, <laughs> but the over positivity that says nothing bad can ever happen. Yes. Well, let's be honest. Sometimes bad things, things happen, do. and you're not relatable when you when you're when you present that way to everybody all the time. <clears throat> Nobody can keep up with that, you know. It, it's you have to be able to be um, transparent with people and tell them at some point, you know, I'm about to break. I can't do this right now. You know, I need some time to myself, whatever, because that helps people. You know, well, me too. You know, me too. I feel that way too. So right. we have to stay relatable so that we can relate with others. That's what it's all about. I think that's absolutely true. But <clears throat> on the other side of that, if you're always the poor, pitiful, I'm suffering for Jesus, you know, look at me down here, it also doesn't make a, being a Christ follower um, a very desirable life true. either. So I think it's it's being real. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. I'm skipping my notes because you just said something that I have in my notes to bring out. I'm suffering for Jesus. <laughs> what does that mean? I um, I actually had that in my notes too. Like, what is great suffering minds for Jesus? think alike? You're getting smarter already. <laughs> no, guys. I just read your notes. That's all. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, That's where my so, notes went. There's where they are. Um, what is suffering for Jesus? I like the definition that Daryl said. Like, it's just knowing that you're not in control. Um, but is it? Could it be putting, um, like, there are so many things worldly that we have a desire to, to, to um, like, achieve, like power or fame or things like that, but just putting God's needs before, like, our worldly Ambition. need, ambitions. Ambitions is a great word. So I'm, I don't know that I believe Paul is saying here that he's suffering for Jesus. Right. Mm -mm. Not at all. He's suffering but if you read these lines closely, he's not suffering for Christ. He's suffering for them, yes. for the church in Colossae, mm -hmm. uh, which is a completely different. Jesus does not need my suffering. And quite he's, honestly, yeah, he does not want my suffering. He is sufficient all in himself. What's that word you just said? Sufficient. He is sufficient. His efficacy right. is perfect. And I, I read in, because I study from several different versions of the Bible and I took I've got not one the watchtower version right please tell me <laughs> over, the overachiever no, no and I took I have one of the children's Bibles at home because when we were having children's stuff you know Sunday schools and stuff in the morning um so I've had it and I looked this verse up in it and which verse are we saw this is 24 okay and it said, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ. 
is that uh, continually, continually for his body, the church. Yeah. And I love that. I thought. And maybe it's so much like suffering, but maybe that he's just really burdened. Like I'm, yes. I'm burdened with what you're going through. Yes. That suffering is huge. And I think it's for the church. So one of the things that we have to balance is all of us. Again, I want to put this out there for the folks listening. It can sound like we're being very narcissistic and talk about ministry in terms of church ministry. But I think this spills over into every one of us who calls upon Christ because we're called to follow him. Mm -hmm. And he will always lead us to service. That's just what we do. So in that role of service... Uh, it is good and right and and just for us to suffer for the benefit of other Christ followers mm-hmm. for the church. We this is an antidote against the consumer model of church, which says I go to the church that has the best gym, the best children's ministry, best coffee, the, the best coffee has a coffee bar, donuts, uh, has donuts. <laughs> donuts are a real sore subject around our church. Um, the, the, the best looking pastor, the best building, those are all consumer. And I think one of the, the problems with the Christian culture in our world today is we have sold Christianity as a bill of goods mm-hmm. for a consumer generated uh, culture. So we build our buildings and we build our ministries to appeal to people's desire to not suffer to not serve, well, to just be taken care of. And to take it a step fur- further, even our worship services. we, we Not ours. Not ours. No, we torture sorry. people like uh, no, <laughs> nobody's business in our worship If you come service. to our worship service, you will suffer. No. Um, but We're we, going to make you believe. How flashy can they be? How relevant? How hip? How cool? And I don't have a problem with flash or hip or cool, but that becomes the... the it's an entertainment. Yeah, it, it's so professionalized almost so that we don't go over on time and and we don't talk too long we add videos and um, again I think those elements can be beneficial to teaching and helping but but sometimes they do just undergird this consumer well I didn't like what the preacher said or I didn't like the shirt he had on or I didn't like that song um, or whatever I'm going to go hop to the next place mm-hmm. And in my notes here about this whole suffering thing, I just written down the phrase unselfish love. And and I think we see that in Paul. We see that in Christ. Do we see it in the Christ followers? Are they, um, are we living a love that is unselfish, that, that is looking at the other person? Mm-hmm. Or are we consumed by right. my needs? Well, in every, especially now more than ever, you see such self-centeredness. And it's all about me and what feels good and what do I have time for and how can I fit that in. And it's not necessity and vital is what, you know, Jesus should be to all of us. But I think that's why we have to examine ourselves and ask ourselves and and come honest before the Lord. You know, what, what do I need to do and why am I feeling this way? And, you know, get some of those things out that are leading you to those things that are just of entertainment and not of the heart, you know. I think we're so used to being entertained that we don't just stop and we're not just still. And um, and we're so used to being busy. Yes. Um, I read once on some guy's post about being busy, and um, it was Daryl's. Um, <laughs> on Facebook. It was, you <laughs> held that tension for about... Point four seconds. I have zero poker face. It's even like it's even worse. Some it's, guy. It's some some guy's guy. So um. Well, it's rare for Daryl to post anything on a picture of him running. That's right. Yeah, Sweating. Yeah, yeah. Suffering. Sweating. Suffering. Suffering for the Sweating. sake of running. Suffering for the self motivation. But um, but we're so used to being entertained with everything we yes. do. We're so used to the flash. We're so used to seeing the bright lights and the mm-hmm. and what draws you in in the grocery stores. If you think about just even the colors on the on during like on the aisle and just the packaging and everything just draws you in. And it's it's when you come to the end of that that you see where God is. You know, when you go back to this is his creation. This is his, um, you know, he created this for us. And, and you go back to nature that you, you get to see him. I don't know what it says about me, Joni, but when you talk about the packaging in the grocery stores, I just started 
craving Cap'n Crunch cereal. <laughs> Captain I just, Crunch is delicious. Was, I haven't had that in years, but that's just that, that's because it's like, it's like the, the roof cane. of my mouth is hurting yeah. just thinking about that. <laughs> oh my I'll son. cut up. <laughs> that was not my point, Jamie. Major, <laughs> that's where major I was sunrise. That was out. I would follow up before we transition to some more stuff because we haven't actually got very far yet, um, and that is, so we all have our flash, and I just want to call our attention to the fact when you say flash and hip, I'm thinking. The lower the church, lower the lights church, uh, bring up the strobe light, fog machine, band you know, with the, the, the drums and the bass guitar and you know, all multimedia. That, I think that, but then other people's flash might be a Gaither vocal sound, right? right? That's their flash. It's still appealing to their entertainment value. For me, you know, my, my flash is... I've always wanted like a baby grand piano and do two box and one Beethoven before the sermon. You know, that's that's my flash. I've always said uh, we won't be a real church till we do Messiah every Easter. You know, um, that's that's my personal thing. We all have our flashpoint, mm -hmm. uh, and one of the problems I think we have is we've allowed our our divergent flashes, our hip, trendy, whatever it is we like, yes. our consumerism, to define what church means rather than the fellowship that we all enjoy in, in, in the body of Christ. Yep, so, I agree with that. Uh, this passage is amazing. Uh, I would call attention to it before, but it, a lot of places reads a lot like Ephesians. Mm -hmm. So like Ephesians 3, uh, 7 and 8 of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of His power. I just want to call your attention to how much that verse sounds like these verses compressed down because the last one we read, so uh, Colossians 1, 29, talks about the energy within, the power of God within Him. Uh, and then he moves on, To me, though I am the least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Then he drops down, right? The mystery, verse 9, is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages, and God had created all things. Uh, and then you'll hear some language very familiar to you as we've been studying Colossians. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to who? Those rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So, so much of this is similar to the Ephesians letter. Which you say, well, what's the big deal? If it's in the Bible, it's true. It doesn't have to be backed up. Well, that's true. However, when you see the consistency of thought, we realize this is not just a one-off. Right. This is something that weighed heavily upon Paul and came out of his pen mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. Any other comments about this? Just a quick purview, uh, overview of the text before we dive into some specifics. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I like this passage in a lot of ways because it's the closest thing you kind of get to what a definition of ministry might be like. Um, what, what does ministry look like? I've got my list. I think <clears throat> verse 24, he says, uh, I'm going to fix whatever deficiencies are there. Now, there's a lot of conversation about that verse. ESV here, um, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Some say that um, there's an old, I guess, Roman Catholic uh, view that Jesus' sufferings weren't enough, mm -hmm. that we have to suffer too or someone else has to suffer for us. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think that's what this is saying at all, that somehow Jesus didn't have enough efficacy. Uh, I think what Paul's saying is, I'm going to complete your teaching. <laughs> I'm going to yes, complete right. your education. There's, some, there's, there's a deficiency in you in what you know. Right. And I'm going to help you get and around And fully that. preach. When he says fully, you know, um, it's beginning to end. It's the whole gospel. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we're um, talking to someone, ministering to someone, helping someone, even though it's relevant to give them what they need at that time, you know, sometimes you can just use scripture. Sometimes you, you have to just totally depend on the Lord to give you words because, you know, people don't want to just hear scripture. They, they need more than that. And I think it's when we depend on the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into what to say um, that it's important to know that the gospel's not, it is 
the good news of Jesus. But here I think he means um, from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. So, so he moves to, I'm going to fix your deficiency, and then I'm going to teach you the, 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 full, the, full. the fullness. The, I'm going to teach you the whole Word of God from Genesis to maps, right? All that there is. So I want to, let's just pause on those two for a moment, because <laughs> I think they go together in our world today. <laughs> What's deficient in the church today? Discuss. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Joni? Joni, you got well, it. I'll start. Um, I know something that... Um, you know something? I know, I know one. I just know one I thing. I know one She thing. saw something this guy posted. <laughs> That's right. about being busy. Um, so I, I think for, for me personally, um, the idea of being a self-feeder is something that is really important. Um, like in 1 Corinthians when it said, talks about um, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, where it talks about um, like when you were a baby, you did the baby things, but now you're maturing. And I think for so many people, like you come to, you come to church and you get church. You go to school, you get school. You go there, you get that. And just, you go to the grocery store, get Captain Crunch. That's right. You go to the grocery store, you get Captain Crunch. With a colorful box. That's right. Um, but actually like, learning how to feed yourself and learning how to study the word. And um, I know that's something with the youth that we've talked a lot about is, you know, like when you graduate, you go to college, you're going to have to decide for yourself, like, how am I going to study? How am I, like, how am I going to live out all of these things? Um, And even before that, but, you know, before that, it's parents making a lot of decisions and then it becomes, it's, it's on you. Um, so, so what part, if we say the, the whole Word of God, and, and so when Paul says the whole Word of God, he's not thinking New Testament. Mm-hmm. He right. doesn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, right. you know, mm-hmm. the rest of it. Um, he's thinking the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. What part, if there, is, is there a part, and I'm just thinking out loud here, which is dangerous. That's the sound <laughs> you hear is my brain falling apart. I smelled smoke. I, do, I see it. I can see it. So what part of the scriptures do you think that modern Christ followers, good people, I, I don't want to beat people up, but modern Christ followers have a deficiency in? I think um, part of the thing that I've grown through and, and, and uh, am, am still learning has to do with the difference between information versus identity. Whereas information is about, do I know the right stuff? And then I think we talked about this last week. Depending on what denomination you're in, what block of the city, church you go to, there's always a little bit something that's different. And we build so much of our confidence and our faith on, I know the right thing, mm-hmm. or I have the secret. You know, right. I, I'm in the right in group or whatever. And then that that's kind of where it stops, or it stays stalled, and let's have Bible studies and debates and talk all of these ways so we know the right thing and we're sure we're, and and you just get lost in that and then it never there's never any fruit not I would say never but it doesn't tend to produce fruit and what what I heard Paul saying here in some of this was that the completeness of Christ in you is not the goal but it's the starting point mm-hmm. um, we're talking about the word it says in the beginning was word and the word was with God and the word was God I mean mm-hmm. Jesus is the word ultimately and when you, or for me, the first time I ever heard it phrased as, you already have all of the fullness of Christ in you, then what it becomes is how can I learn to live out of that? But if it's about, here's your starting point, and you got to catch up with all these other people who are smarter and farther along and more spiritual than you, then it becomes a performance thing. And we get back to the competition mm-hmm. and the comparison. And Paul is, is saying, you know, that's the Pharisee's language. That's all the, the even... So you would say what's lacking is an appreciation for the work of Christ in us as individuals. Yes. And not as Christ trying to herd us along the cattle trail to the pen. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very well put. Mm-hmm. So al- almost as good as other people who say things well. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ladies, any view on like something that's like a part of the Bible, the scripture that you think that we're just deficient on? I didn't mean to say ladies in a creepy way. I know ladies is a creepy word. <laughs> um, I definitely think thinking of us, like Daryl was saying, as the kingdom of, you know, the kingdom, your journey starts 
then. It's not, hey, when I get to heaven, or we're not doing this because it's about the destination. It's it's about the journey and the suffering along, um, and just understanding that not suffering, but suffering, as in seeking. Well, no, him. no, that's a, that's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Is suffering missing? Yes. Mm. So, Maybe we don't understand yes. the scriptures because we don't suffer, suffer. enough. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. Especially I think about I think, uh, me as a white male. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I mean, I got all the privilege cards. Maybe I'm not really understanding the scriptures because I'm a person of privilege. Mm-hmm. And I think people today aren't asking God for his wisdom. And Paul states several times that that's the utmost importance is to call on God for his wisdom in leadership in everything in our lives. You know, um, I think it was Moses that said, Lord, if you don't go with us, then we're not going. Mm. And I don't think we're desperate enough. And I think there's a difference between being desperate and being in a state of desperation. And I don't think any of us are in that state of desperation enough at times, and we've all been there, to legitimately call on the Lord because Ooh, of... I um, want you to talk about the difference between being desperate and a state of desperation. I think being desperate causes us to make very poor choices that we put ourselves in. Say, um, I'm going to pull up Brene Brown. Say that yeah. again slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when we... F- deem ourselves, you know, uh, as desperate, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Well, that's, that's so untrue. Right. <laughs> you know, it just gives you a, a go card. It just gives you an right. out. An, excuse for, an excuse for doing reckless right. and dumb things. Just, justification yeah. for mm-hmm. your poor choices. I think when we are in a state of desperation, like Joni said earlier, we come to the end of ourselves, end of what we can do, end of our strength, our, you know, whatever things we're holding on to when they crumble and fall, because they will, then we're in a total state of desperation to where we are calling out, you know, Lord, where are you? I've got to have you, and I can't do this without you. Absolutely. And if I can bridge there, where when I read these passages and I think about what's lacking and what. The, what's missing in the whole teaching of God for the world. I think it goes back to the prophets, of yes. the Old Testament prophets. Right. Those books everyone skips over. You know, we read the king, we read about David, we read about Moses, and we love us some Isaiah, but we don't really go into Amos, right? right? Mm-hmm. We don't really go into Hosea. And these prophets are living in a place of desperation. In yes. fact, I think I want to say it's Hosea where it's so... He says, there's a famine in the land, but it's not a famine. Those of you listening, it's probably not Hosea, it's probably Amos, (laughs) but I think it's Hosea. Uh, There's a famine in the land, but it's not a famine of bread and water. It's a famine of the Word of God. Yes. Mm. Um, And that's that's the desperation, Mm -hmm. the desperate word. We need, we need, we're in need. need. A a recognition of my need, and quite honestly, there's nothing I can do to fill the need. That's right. That's right. I think that's a lot. We're so sufficient with our programs, our plans, our hip and with it things, our, our, our financial accounts. Our, and we our, want those things to fill sets. us up. Right. You know, these are the things we're looking for because that's what our flesh wants. That's what it needs. And now we're in constant state of looking for um, um, entertainment because we're sitting at home. Things are closed down. Mm-hmm. They're not open. Right. So we're, you know, mm-hmm. so we've got all these things online, social media that we're trying to fill ourselves with. And, you know, and I think the Lord leaves us yearning constantly for something else because he is the only fulfillment. And even in him, you know, we still yearn to be with him and to be in heaven with him so that I, th- I don't think we're ever going to be completely full, um, as full as we can be. But I think he always leaves a little space because we're not supposed to be content here because this is not our home. No, we're pilgrims passing through. That's right. So because of that, um, I, we this we may have need to block back a whole nother week just for this, <laughs> because you've got the the patching over defects, making the whole, the whole word of God known. Then he moves to proclaiming Christ, and uh, the word there. Let's see, what verse is that specifically? Um, uh, 
28. Is it 28? We proclaim that word there. Thank you. Thank you. Could not find it. It's the proclaim. Another word might be preach. Mm -hmm. We preach the, the whole uh, word of God. We preach the whole Christ. That's a different word than usually used for preaching. Um, mm -hmm. Not to get too technical, but um, there's another word that is specific preaching. This one kind of has the idea of more a bigger, a bigger picture approach to we're going to proclaim Christ. We are going to um, uh, give where Christ is present in all of the things. So it's bigger than just here's how you get saved. Mm -hmm. it it's, is, the, it's the essence of the whole message. Right. So it's Christ in all uh, and through all. Uh, which is a different flow. And I think that's more of a call, too, for like not just ministry in the church ministry, but wherever you are proclaiming Christ, like as you're going, um, that your life shows Christ. Like Absolutely. He, you know, you're a reflection of Him. Um, and I think that's a call not just to, to um, church ministers, but just to... To, to everyone. To good, nice people, not mean people. Right. Not mean people. Not, <laughs> not mean people. If you're a mean person, you should repent. <laughs> uh, but I think you're right. And all of this applies to all of us. Right. Yes. We absolutely. all have the, we all carry this yes. responsibility. Uh, and then there's the, the goal. You used the term earlier, self-feeder, which is a term I love. It seems to me like all of this passage, uh, 24 through 29, has one central theme, and that is the ministry of the church, Paul's ministry that he's struggling through, that he's working through. That ministry has one purpose, and that's to bring Christ's followers to a place of spiritual maturity, mm -hmm. to grow them up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I define maturity as being a self-feeder, where you don't need someone else to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And if we can bring it all full circle with this conversation, so much of church life in my lifetime has become a spoon-fed methodology where everything is, you just come here and we will tell you what to think, what to believe, and how to behave. What hoop to jump through. And what hoop to jump through so God will love you, you can check your God box and move on. It's a spoon-feeding rather than equipping people to sit with the Word of God open in silence, in prayer, reading and studying what other people have read and thought on stuff and developing that sharp, perspective on maturity, which is the difference between someone who can cook for themselves and who's eating baby food. Well, and I was just about to say, think for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think we, we live in a culture where we don't investigate anything. I like whether... to think of thinking as cooking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you um, cooking up, Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just we, we want someone else to tell us what's going on, how to think about it, how to feel about it, and we, we allow that sometimes. I think the consumerism plays into it in the system of our culture. As opposed to when we see something on Facebook or the news or something like that, you know, question, I wonder where they got those numbers. I wonder what right. the source mm -hmm. is. I wonder if that's reviewed or is it slanted or biased. And we just, we take so many things and then we click share. And, and again, it goes back to we're not, I don't, we're not thinking for ourselves. Right. Or seeking the truth, like what yeah. is the truth, and actually seeking it for ourselves. And this makes me feel the most comfortable, so I'm going to just latch on to this thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I would like to emphasize, just because I'm consistent, what is the truth, not what is a truth for me. Mm -hmm. And I think those are two distinctly different Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, wow. If only we were mature. Someday I'm going to grow up. <laughs> Someday. I'm not there yet. Uh, verse 25 has a fun word in it. I use the, the Greek term is oikonomia. I uh, hope I'm saying it right. If I'm not saying it right and you're a Greek scholar listening, don't correct me. I'd rather be <laughs> immature and say it wrong. But it's the, the, I know the word. Uh, the ESV renders it the stewardship from God. But oikonomia is um, a word connected to our word economy, and it has with it the idea of how you run a house, the household systems. systems. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a fun, he, so Paul uses that word. He doesn't use any of the other words he could have used, but he uses that word to describe 
what God's doing. It's, it's an economic use. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so when you watch a runner run, if, they, if, they're, if their uh, form is good, they're very economic with their movements. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about, that God doesn't waste anything. And he's got this plan, and Paul says, I'm a part of that plan, and you're a part of this mm -hmm. plan. And this is God's design to bring you through it. I love that. That's I gave, what Joni and I were talking about that yesterday. Right, and I had a youth. Did you record it? Because this is good it gold. It's good stuff. It's good. good. <laughs> yeah, I had a youth going through a really hard um, time, and um, Misty was just reminded, what did you say something about the pain? Just that everything we go through, whether it's, messes that we get ourselves into which is you know common um you know god is faithful to use he doesn't waste anything ever he uses everything mm -hmm. we go through you know for our good to you know to be able to you know talk to others about and help others through so I believe well, and that. To, to piggyback on that as well that's I twice you've used the I know, piggyback uh, maybe three you got times. one more and then we're cutting the finger off <laughs> all right um Growing up, the phrase as a, as a youth who went to church and camps and stuff like that, the phrase God has a plan for your life um, was used more of like this, there's this perfect pathway, and if you don't step a toe out of bounds, mm -hmm. then you win. And if you do, it was the shame of, well, not quite good enough, but I like what you're saying because it, it creates more of a picture and an image of a relationship of God partnering with us where he, he knows we're going to... Absolutely. Get lost and confused and have struggles, and, and those things are not going to be wasted. He's not going to roll his eyes and think, oh, here we That's go right. again. He's, he's going to be in those things, moving us ever mm -hmm. forward. Because yeah. how do we learn? We learn from our past mistakes, you know, and God, he's not a, a God of, of waste. He uses everything he does is perfect, and so he, you know, he uses everything for, to, for his glory. Mm, I'm thinking about all of this. So when I was 12 and really messed up, remember when you were You're 12? Forgiven. I mean, junior high is the worst. <laughs> Just don't worry. I have bad memories from junior high. I do too. <laughs> I, was, I was bullied and people treated me terribly and, I'm not going to tell the story I'm about to tell. Uh, I'm just, Here's I'm some not, I'm, I'm editing that thing out. But T my tissue. point is that's not wasted. Hmm. Right. But it doesn't just exist for guilt and shame. I mean, mm. all the guilt and shame was used then. Absolutely. There's no, there's no guilt and shame mm. left from 12-year-old 12, 12 Jamie. Uh, it's all been spent up. But it's still used to make me who I am. That's right. And isn't God good how he takes a, a memory? All the time. And he, you know, the enemy uses it for bad because he uses those things to bring up the guilt and the shame and you mm -hmm. can't be forgiven and look what you did. But then God, you know, leaves them there so that we do remember, we don't go back there and we can say, thank, you know, thank you, Lord. And, and we're able to use that in our testimony to help other people. Right. So, and we grow. And we so grow many people think our testimony is just that, that one moment when you came to Christ, mm -hmm. but our testimony is really our story. Like, yes. how did God take that pain and turn it mm -hmm. into to part of your story that's, inner, you know, that's for his glory? Yes. And you were talking about being yeah. real earlier. I, you know, I don't want to hear a testimony that makes me feel inferior mm -hmm. because I haven't jumped through those hoops. I want to hear one that I can relate to, yes. which is a person being honest about their successes and their failures, but most importantly, coming back to that. And here's how God met me in that and how his grace produced this Absolutely. or that or whatever, because then I'm like, uh, okay, then I can maybe risk trusting God's grace in this suffering or the struggle that yes. I'm going through. Um, and if he and can do that for you, he can do that for me. Exactly. Yeah. Because he's working. That, that's, I gave my rendering of this when I was translating this verse, that um, the meaning of the okonomiya here kind of has that according to the, I, I'm, I'm proud of this phrase, <laughs> according to the efficient worldwide cosmic master plan God is working with. Um, it's it's efficient. Mm -hmm. It has this beauty to it, so that all of our lives are woven and, and connected. So Paul's struggle for for the church is a part of God's plan mm -hmm. for both Paul and them. Yes, nothing is wasted. We're all being um, worked through. Um, 
what stands out to you? What when you? I've I've done most of the guiding here where we're at, but is there is, is there any contemporary in this that you would say, wow, has a not just in church life, but in the world in general that you would point out? Anything? I would think just I don't know. Like Joni said earlier, just the stop and just be still. You know, when the grandkids were at the house, the little the the little one is um, Audrey, and she's seven, and she's she's like Miss Barb. She loves lists, so I had to take <laughs> a picture that. of Audrey's list and send it to Miss Barb. And so the next morning, I had a list for them because they wanted a list, so I, I produced a list for them. And on the list, you know, we had breakfast and swimming and art and um second breakfast lunch yeah <laughs> I ate one breakfast and then they eat a second breakfast yeah and so anyway and in the middle of that I had rest and so you know and that could be quite you know any type of quiet time just just calm down from a busy day just rest so on the way home Greg asked them what was your favorite time what, you know what were your favorite things to do and Audrey said I think mine was the rest time she said that was my favorite I love that kid <laughs> and I thought <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, she gets it. And right. I think as adults, we just don't give ourselves enough time to just be still and be quiet. We're so busy, especially now, you know, asking God, what do I do? Where do we go from here? Help me. I need you to just be in quiet and letting him feed us, mm. you know. So. Well, for me, one of the things that I've loved about this whole Colossians thing is and maybe it's just me, but I hear Paul's tone of one that's empowering. He's building up these people. He's suffering on their behalf because he wants good for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not a domineering, ruling over tone. Don't fail. Here's what you should be doing. Get it right. You know, that it's, it's just, it's encouragement and it's, it leaves that space for God's grace uh, mm -hmm. to move and to work. That's, 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 I think you're, I think I would completely concur with that read of Colossians because he keeps saying things like, uh, Jesus is the head, and then he, here he says, but he's also in you, mm -hmm. right? right? That's If that doesn't empower you, then mm -hmm. nothing does. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea of Paul warning them. That we didn't get to the, uh, the things he says. He teaches them, and he... Uh, he preaches, but he also says, I admonish you. I warn, I need to warn you. That's, a, that's an important function of ministry mm -hmm. to warn other people. Mm -hmm. Not just to say, God loves you, you're wonderful, isn't this great? But to say, right. you're about to really mess up. Right. You're, <laughs> you're about to make a mistake right. that you're not going to be able to recover from easily. Mm -hmm. So how, what, in what way does the church warn culture today? Because I, I think that we have a job to warn not just each other, but the culture. I think it's not only to warn people, but I think another part of that is to inform the people. I think that they go... Is information a warning, though? Like, yeah, hey, it's hot. It can be. It can be urgent and vital. Don't do that. You're fixing to really mess up, you know. Or it can be to, you know, um, inform them of this. this is, you know, think about the consequences and to, you know, I think there's a... I think there's a connection there, definitely, okay. between the warning and informing. Inform and warn. <coughs> what should what red lights should be flashing right now? I think July 2020, mm -hmm. United States, yep. Texas, where we're at. Mm -hmm. uh, and in case those of you listening don't know, we're in a severe COVID spike right now where we're at. Yep. What warning signs <laughs> flashing? <laughs> I think for me, um, I'm not sure if this is the route we were going or not, but there is no route. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no route. Yeah, figure no that out by yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, at least there's grace. Um, <laughs> so before COVID, I really feel like in my eyes, I only saw one way to church. I only saw like, okay, we come on Sundays, we do these things, we make these connections. We come on Wednesdays, we do these things, we make these connections. And now realizing, um, and I'm sure Paul knew, like, that church is so much more than that. Like, that um, there's so many different ways to relate to people. There's so many different ways to um, to share God's message with people. So is the warning sign then, warning, you don't have a good idea of what church really is? 
I think so, or some sometimes. I don't like mean you, you. I mean right, you, you, you plural, you people, them, uh, they. Yeah, I just think it's um, it's so much more than Sunday and Wednesday. It's so much more than um, it just is. It's more than um, it's just in my mind being recreated in so many different ways. The the thing that keeps flashing in my mind is is the the negative impact of consumerism. Um, we've become such a culture of individualization, and you can get your shoes, your jeans, your whatever just made for you. Well, I want it because we want to feel unique. We want to feel individual. But if we go down that path too far, what we're, we're beginning to do is sacrifice our ability to understand we're part of a collective too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the ability to be generous with ourselves and not just, well, it's my life, I want it my way, I want this to go this way. Well, that's fine, you can live that way, but you gotta remember your choices do affect other mm -hmm. people. And it just seems that when we talk about, um, um, what's the word you use? Inform? Warn. Warn, I couldn't remember the rhyming word. Warn. Um, they don't really rhyme. I, I think religious people, using air quotes for that, love to warn everyone else mm -hmm. of what they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you get people throwing rocks back and forth. And Jesus was the one who tended to warn the legalistic people mm -hmm. of their way because of their blindness, so right. to speak. And Jesus, I mean, he preached repentance. That was his whole thing. Was yeah, repent. well, change your mind. Repent. Think yes. differently and stop living this way. And, and I think some of the language and some of the, even as a country, we're, we're just pitting people against mm -hmm. each other uh, and we're not reaching out and remembering, first off, Jesus said, love your neighbor. But, well, I don't like my neighbor. Or he also said, love your enemy. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to... A, Loving. And focused. Don't when, you just think it's when just your neighbor <laughs> is your enemy? <laughs> America, then, then twenty kill, twenty. <laughs> kill two birds with one stone, right there. Don't Love, kill anybody. Well, don't. Yeah. Don't bad, kill anybody. <laughs> bad pun. We've just lost our focus. Everybody. I think it's just the gist of it is everyone's lost, and you know, everybody wants to be right too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're so we're so busy trying to be right that we're not, you know, yep. loving. I perceive that um, you should use the term focus, that the big warning sign for me is we put our trust in the wrong things. Yes. Mm -hmm. We trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and right now I'll tell you, and uh, with all the things that are going on, whether it's COVID or it's the social disruption that we're in, I don't really trust my own perception to understand what's happening. Right. Mm. Well, we're uh, so emotional. You know, ask Some me right now, I'm others. good. Ask me in five minutes, and I'm going to be laying in a wad over there on the floor. I mean, it's just There's so... a crying couch for that. Yeah, yes, have, Joni, I'm going to join you, We Paul. have a crying <laughs> couch at our church. It's okay. You'll understand someday. Uh, that's true. The, um, I'm emotional. The, the, I don't tr we, we've, we've trusted our economic system, mm -hmm. and we've learned you can't trust that because that can fall apart. We, we have too much depended upon that. We trusted our politicians. We trust whether you're right or left or nowhere in between. We put too much trust in them, and mm -hmm. we, they're not really helping us out now. In fact, they're probably more more harm than good. Um, we've, we've trusted our health, mm -hmm. and you always have your health. And guess what? Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't, uh, and it may be taken from you very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, all the things that we we trusted in gathering on Sunday morning, right. we've trusted in the programs that have been around for 150 years. I mean, you have to understand. You trust other people to teach your children about Jesus. Exactly. You know, yeah. When now it's all been put on us. Yeah. Right. And so, we, where's your trust? And so, Paul would say, Christ is the head, and He is in you. Now, that's a beautiful phrase. That, in fact, it's one of the greatest phrases I think in all the Bible. That the end of verse 27. The riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Just internalizing that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, there's a lot of discussion on who the in you is. <laughs> uh, one is in you Gentiles because he's talking about the mystery that the, has been given to the Gentiles. So this is the great mystery that's now in you Gentile people, which there's an inclusiveness there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whatever your nationality, whatever your ethnic background, whatever your previous religious experiences are, 
When you come to faith in Christ, He's in you just like He's in everybody else. Mm -hmm. There is no secret. There is no elitist class. There is no some people are more equal than other people. There's none of that business where Christ is in you. I like that message. Mm -hmm. There's also a sense that Christ is in you, which is in the church. This letter was written not to individuals. We have to really work hard at that mm -hmm. as uh, Western Christians because we read these and we think Paul's writing to me as an individual. We read books and we read things individually. But he's writing this to a group of people, and his vision was this would be read out loud probably to everyone who's assembled. There might only be five or ten people, but mm -hmm. to everyone who's assembled. And so the Christ in you would be the group. Mm -hmm. I like that too, mm -hmm. that where the church like is, mm -hmm. Christ is present. So the mystery is that when two or more are gathered in His name, that is where Christ is. He is in you working. What we're wrestling through right now is we can't gather in Christ's name. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a really difficult thing. However, what we believe is that we are gathered by purpose and in His Spirit, even if it's not physically present, and He's still in us yes. and with us. And that still is the hope of glory. Yes. One of the metaphors that's really helped me that I, I've said this on different podcasts, I've been talking about it a lot lately, but, but it's the difference between architecture and archaeology. When you think of spiritual formation, as you were saying that Christ is in you individually in the church, uh, he's in you. Uh, so much of Christianity, modern Christianity and spirituality has been about what to do, what to add. Add, go to church, read your Bible, do the, all these things. I need to build this in my life. And really, if it's in you, then we should be not adding and building. We should be uncovering mm -hmm. and digging and taking off the things that aren't Christ. And so as you were saying that, I was just having this, this thought that, you know, we can't gather. Maybe that's one of the things that's gotten in the way. And maybe this is an opportunity for us to pause our gatherings and ask ourselves, why did I go to church? To begin with. It, yeah. Exactly. Right. What 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 is still left now that I don't have that? And if everything's gone, then maybe you need to dig a little deeper exactly. and find the Christ that's in you. Yep. And that is why I, by my analysis of just talking with people and watching the world and listening, um, lots of people are having a very difficult time with Absolutely. all of this. They're, 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 the cracks are showing. Mm -hmm. All the things that they have used to hold it together have been mm -hmm. stripped away. And what they're, I think what they're seeing is, is they don't like it. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a shallowness and the emptiness, um, which is healthy. I think uh, yeah. in the end, I really believe this. I think, um, shh, I'll tell you a secret. I think in the end, uh, when all this is over, the church, not, not, not our church specifically, but probably, but all churches will be smaller, poorer, but better. Better. Stronger. I agree. Deeper. Stronger and deeper yes. and healthier. And to use Paul's words, more mature. Mm. Yeah. More mature. I want to finish with this one idea, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. And that is, he starts in verse 24. We are way back an hour and a half, three hours ago when we started. <laughs> uh, he started with sufferings and the struggle and the afflictions. But he finishes this section with fun words. Uh, the ESV says, uh, with his energy that he powerfully works within me. Now, I want to tell you a fun word. The, it's, the word here is uh, the root word for our word energy, right? The energy which he energizes me with. That's, that's the way it works. He uses the same word. I wish the ESV would have used a similar format. It's not working power. It's the energy that he energizes me with. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is uh, that is where all of our come, all of our ministry, all of our hope, all of our faith and trust comes from what Christ is doing in us. It's That's not right. us; it's Him yeah. energizing and hope. us. And what is hope? Hope is something that you, you look forward to. Mm -hmm. You're hopeful. You're full of hope. And so everything we do, and I know we can't forget the past, but we can, you can't go back there. So just to concentrate and, and to be hopeful in Christ and to remember that Christ is in you, is every, it's huge. And that That's energizes. Huge. Yes. You can't gin it up. You yep. can't have the right song set. You can't and the good caffeine preacher, it up. The good preacher with the, you can't, can't <laughs> caffeine it up. You can't Red Bull it up. 
and you can't have just the right preacher with just the right words to gen it. If you can't, if you can do that, right? If you can set the mood and have the right music and the right preacher, then it's not God. That's right. Right? It's something you have created. That's right. And what Paul is saying, no, it's all from him. Mm -hmm. It's what he is doing. Uh, and I know this is my little junior Calvinist moment. Okay. <laughs> so, um, thank you for listening. Yay! Please like, share, and comment this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Five stars on the Apple Podcast would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we really need that kind of thing. I think this uh you really, if you love Jesus, you will share this. Wow. That doesn't sound like Colossians. That's not called. Okay. If you love Daryl, you will share this. But seriously, share it with people, talk about it. And you can also do it the old fashioned way. Maybe text message somebody or call someone. Just if you see them, say, hey, did you listen to the Under the Water Tap? No, what's that? Well, let me tell you, it's just amazing but silly all at the same time. We have puppets in there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, puppets don't work on a podcast. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah. You can't see. We'd have fun, We'd though. Have, yeah. uh, you can also, let me get back to oh script here, guys. <laughs> you can also visit our website at fmf.life. We'll be back next week. We start chapter two uh, with more Bible talk from Under the Water Tower, tower, tower. <laughs> See you soon. Adios. Eat snacks.